after a loaded weekend with some boxing, with, of course, a, a, a fight night card we were very excited about last week and met, met some expectations, had some bangers, had some finishes. It's fight talk. We're already, we're literally, we're doing it right now. We're talking. We're good. We got some fights. We're going to preview, uh, of course, just coming up Saturday's card, but uh, dive into the uh, the fight night from over the past weekend from the Apex. And then, yeah, leading things off, though, here in a second, uh, Steve Jensen over there, John Mosley over here. Anderson Silva, bro, he got a dub. Like, it, it, like in 2021, Anderson Silva with a win. Yeah, he looked great, too. Like, Anderson Silva... Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, it's funny because Chavez Jr. in the boxing community is like pretty frowned upon because mm-hmm. he's like quit. Like I, I think his big criticism. I don't follow like super closely, but from what I understand, a lot of the boxing community like his dad is like such a legend. His dad actually fought in the main event of this card as well. Um, and I don't even know the age of of Chavez Sr., but he's got to be like what 60 something yeah I, mean, I guess um so i mean so his dad's like this absolute legend and and chavez jr he's a former middleweight champion i did know that um but i i didn't really know the whole history of like him quitting during some big fights and stuff like literally just like not answering the bell and just quitting yeah. during fights and stuff but that being said he still is a former middleweight champion he's still a guy who really should be in his prime like because he's not very old so and then you know you had anderson silva who went in there and he just looked great 46 years old he looked he looked awesome he was in there doing his uh all of his like head movement and all of his mm-hmm. dancing and he, he backed up against the the corner and everything and yeah flowing man it was it was man it was a lot of fun to watch it made me really wish that dana white would have allowed anderson to do this like during his prime you know obviously anderson's not with the ufc anymore so dana white has nothing to do with like this decision but but when anderson was in his prime in the ufc and he wanted to box roy jones jr and Mm -hmm. uh you know really wanted to compete in boxing as well i really wish dana would have let him because money money was left on the table bro it was yeah money was left on the table uh, especially for anderson because he would get, you know, such a big cut of the of the buys for boxing in comparison to what he got, you know, for his UFC contract. So, and then of course Dana White could have co-promoted somewhere how how he did when Connor mm-hmm. uh, boxed Floyd and all that. So, but but Anderson, he looked really really damn good. He looked sharp. Like, and Chavez Jr. hit him with a few clean shots to the dome, and Anderson yep. just no sold him. Like it, he was completely unfazed. One of the judges gave the fight to Chavez. It was a split decision, and that was complete bullshit. Right. Like, yeah, Anderson, it was an eight-round fight. Anderson at least won six of those rounds, like, at least, like without question, in my opinion. And, and I, I even saw a couple of the unofficial cards throughout. I mean, you know, they were giving Silva eight, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, almost uh, all, all the way unanimous uh, on most of these cards. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, because when I watched it live, I think I had, I think I had Chavez Jr. winning one round, and it might have been the first round. It was either the first or the second round. I want to say, I just can't remember, but it was very early on in the fight, and and then it was like a part of me while I was watching it, I was like, am I being biased because like <laughs> Anderson, like I want Anderson to win so bad, but then like the stats are popping up on the screen. He's like destroying him in every metric. And it's like, for sure. It's like Anderson's beating him up. Like it wasn't even just like he was just winning. Like he was, he was hitting him in the head over and over. I mean, his jab was really efficient. He was way faster. I mean, when Chavez jr. Went like when he had like a flurry, he was faster. Like you can tell that Chavez is like hand speed when he gets going, like he's very, very fast. And he definitely looks like he has power. But he very rarely had an opportunity to even show that against Anderson. Like Anderson, masterful game plan. Mm-hmm. And after the fight, um, Canelo Alvarez came in the ring and like gave him props and everything. I mean, Anderson really could wind up having a second life in boxing now if he wants to continue to compete. Like, I don't think he should necessarily be fighting like the best boxers in the world. But if he wants to box guys, like he had mentioned, uh, wanting to still box Roy Jones Jr. and wanting to 
Fox Logan Paul and stuff. And it's like, if he wants to do that kind of stuff, I think Anderson Silva, he's like, Anderson Silva is who should be fighting Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Like, Anderson, like this, like, this, like Anderson Silva is like, he's the one who can shut up all of these guys, I think. You know what I mean? Like, because Anderson, look, I mean, I'm, I'm being like, no joke. Anderson Silva looked awesome in that boxing ring uh, this past Saturday against, against a, a fucking former champion. I mean, people can say what they want about Chavez Jr. You know, people have their opinions, but like, he, you can't take away the fact that he is a, championship level fighter i mean and anderson anderson took him to school on saturday yeah highlighted by uh by rounds four five and seven where anderson silva outlanded 17 to 5 17 to 3 and 21 to 8 and ended up being uh total punches landed for the spider 99 chavez jr 53 uh the, the number that jumps out looking at this in front of us too man 392 punches thrown by Anderson. That's that's right on. Like, if you told me what to expect, I was I, I did. I thought if he was feeling good, man, he wasn't be throwing a lot. He wound up landing, like I said, 99 of those 392. Um, excited some power punches. He outlanded in 60 to 41. Yeah, just super impressive. I mean, looked he looked great in there. Um, I'm excited to see Anderson fight again soon. I, he sounded like in his post-fight speech, he was like, you know, basically said he wanted to, he, he said basically he might be fighting again real soon. So it's Let's like, do it. yeah, I'm, I am here for it. hundred percent Anderson. So, and, and also at this point, like his people also, I feel like they might not fully understand too. Like, it's not like Anderson Silva was like a totally washed up UFC fighter. Like, he had some some big knockout losses towards the end of his run, but he was consistently fighting like the best. Not you know, like, yeah, I mean, like even his last fight was Uriah Hall, right? He was like consistently, you know, lurking around the top ten. Uh, he might even be close to the top five right now. Like, yeah, I mean, there's I, I can actually look at it real quick just to just to see. So like. In middleweight, uh, right now, you have, yeah, Uriah Hall's at number eight, which, and then, you know, the people Anderson Silva had lost to, uh, did he did he fight Cannoneer? I can't even remember. Yeah, he, I was just going to say, the, the last few, these are his last few names. That, let's start with Weidman, where we know what happened there. Uh, after Weidman, the, uh, the win that becomes a no contest to Nick Diaz, then losses to Bisding. Cormier beats Brunson, losses to Izzy, Cannonier, and then Uriah Hall. Yeah, I mean that's those are all really, really damn good fighters. And and has Anderson like slowed down a couple steps and is his chin a little more compromised now than in his prime? For sure. Like he's not he's not in his prime anymore, but he's still he's still like top ten level fighter in the UFC. Um but and he's always also, will be a draw. It always will be a draw, exactly. And but but it's great about it is he's still close enough to his prime, as crazy as it is being 46, that he really could have a decent run in boxing for a handful of years, I think. I mean, we could be seeing him fighting into his 50s if he because this is also like long term, I think boxing can be way worse uh for your like your brain than yeah. MMA. Yeah. But because Anderson, you know he has a lot of years in MMA, but like, I think he's a lot safer boxing at this point. I was going like, to say the, the leg injuries, right? Like that it, it is not going to be, you have to worry about leg kicks, which is where we've seen so much of the damage, the right hall Tico punches there, but you know, the cannoneer loss. And then of course the, the Wyman stuff, man, like hey, that's leg stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very true. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about leg kicks. He, he doesn't have to, it's it was interesting to watch because there was a few times that he got warned for throwing elbows because like they'd get really into the clinch and instead of like using his glove to back off Chavez Jr. <laughs> he'd kind of throw an elbow, <coughs> which <coughs> I honestly think that's just kind of instinct for him. He, and he didn't like land any like heavy elbows. It was just kind of like a shove with his elbows. But <coughs> um, but yeah, I mean he he just he doesn't have nearly as much to worry about. He knows to really protect his head. 
and his head movement is still great. I mean, so yeah, I I was I'm very much looking forward to uh to Anderson Silva boxing again. 46 year old Anderson Silva with the win. And from the trivia question earlier, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., 58. 58, but he's we're at a couple weeks away, July 12th, he'll be 59. Wait, that's Chavez Sr. or Junior. Yeah, senior, se- yeah, senior, okay. Season, yeah. Okay. Julio but I say what's Junior's age if you can find that real quick? I believe he's 35, but I, I should give me one second. He is yeah, he was born in 86. So yeah, 35. Okay. Yeah. That that makes that makes sense. So he is he is not like he's not, I guess, you know, he's no quote unquote spring chicken, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever that whatever that phrase is. Like 35 isn't usually like, you know what I mean? Like I, I was, you know, I, I'd imagine like the best guys in well, actually in boxing, I don't even know. How old is Canelo? He's probably still in his he's not 30 yet, I don't think. You know, I think he's probably like early thirties. That could be wrong. Now you got me curious. Yeah, like, now we've been watching Canelo fight for like forever. Yeah, he's thirty. Holy shit, he's, he's thirty. He's 30. Yeah, but so that that makes a little more sense because that's still thirty to thirty-five is kind of a big. Yeah. That's that a lot can happen physically between thirty and thirty-five, like a decline in in like athletic performance potentially. Not not for everybody, but. Man, real, real quick too, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. retired. Like his last like pro boxing fight was 2005. Before like yo, he he finished 107 wins with six losses. Dog, Are you, let's go. Yeah, that's badass. What a bad um, exactly. What a bad had so 86 wins by knockout. Let's go. It was wild watching Senior fighting on this show after Anderson Silva too. Like that was bizarre um but like he still looks good it's hilarious <laughs> it's no like, i i only saw stands and stuff i i you had me so curious how how the dad did yeah like and I, from what i understand i could be wrong about this but from what i understand like it was basically from the whole show was pretty much promoted as anderson silva and chavez jr is the main event for like the whole build-up to it right but it but at some point i think anderson himself like went to the matchmakers or the promoters or as it was Chavez senior was the actual promoter of the show. And, and I think it was like a respect thing where Anderson was like, was like, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't the main event over Chavez senior because of all the respect he has like for boxing and for senior and everything. So like Anderson's always like the coolest like dude ever. Like it's, it's cool. It's cool to see that like he like, and he's still the same like martial artist at heart, you know, like, he 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 is the kind of guy who would care about like like yeah maybe more people are tuning in to see me and me and junior but like you gotta pay respect to senior and like give him the main event you know what I mean like that's that's pretty cool that. yeah, yeah I respect that um, <laughs> yeah I'm reading that like I said I only saw the stuff with with uh, Anderson but apparently yeah Chavez. Senior fought Hector Camacho Jr., which yep. that's pretty wild. Four round exhibition bout that included Chavez uh, taking off his his headgear at one point and demanding Camacho Jr. do that. Also, uh, thankfully, cooler heads prevailed and Senior put it back on. But this guy just sounds like a badass, like badass. Yeah, he wanted to throw it out for real. He's like, yeah, he fuck this headgear. Like, the, Let's they, go. they probably couldn't get commissioned, like, license for, like, yeah, for, like, the, <laughs> without the headgear. No, bro. I'd be like, I'd be like, listen, y'all gotta stop. Put that man in a headgear. I don't care. He can throw all night in a headgear, but, like, stop. Oh, my God. But, yeah. yeah I mean, I was stuff, man. Yeah, I was, I was entertained. Um, shout out to Fight TV. They hooked it up. <laughs> So I'm thinking we need to have a new segment whenever we review stuff. We throw on like Walking Phoenix from Gladiator because it's just always like, "Hey, I was entertained," like, or I wasn't. Like, (laughs) so it's just like the thumbs up, the thumbs down. Like, all right, cool. Thumbs up. One more week. I'm with you. Thumbs up. Yeah, it's Silva boxing, bro. It's been thumbs up on all boxing (laughs) lately. I mean, he's like, "This is a boxing house. You shut your mouth." I mean, it has been, dude. I mean, Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom with two thumbs up. I mean, that yeah. was. We're gonna be in the middle of our like 
top 10 fights of the year at the end, like December. And you're going to like the fourth fight in, you're going to be like, so yeah, my fight, this number, my fight of the year, it's Aaron Carter, Lamar Odom. And I'm going to, I'm going to laugh for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, that and <laughs> Logan versus Floyd and uh, Jake Paul versus uh, Ben Askren and all that dude. This has been a, this has been a year for boxing, dude. Um, One of the most historic knockouts in all the hit all the year and all of history, and I'm like, oh wait, which one? And then you bring up the Paul brother, and I'm like, you got me again. Yeah, dude, I'm, st- I'm still salty from a couple years ago when Bagel Boss no showed his fight. Like, dude, that that really resonated. It did. He was supposed to fight Lenny Dykstra from the old MLB player Lenny who went but- for a beaten. Oh my god! Well, Lenny Dykstra, for people who don't know, also was like. One of the first, like, really well-known steroid users in MLB history. Like, he was the guy who had, like, the links to Gold's Gyms back in the day to, like, get yeah. to... He basically was the one who, like, got a lot of the steroids into baseball to begin with in, like, the early 90s. And it was going to be him who's, at this age, Lenny Dykstra's got to be... I mean, he's got to be my dad's age. But, like, yeah, he's supposed to fight Bagel, bagel Boss. He was, like, this really short guy who... Like went viral for a couple weeks for uh, getting tackled, but for talking a bunch of shit, uh, basically a bunch of misogynistic shit in a in a bagel, in a ba- yeah. in like, in like an Einstein's or some shit, and uh, wound up like basically challenging a guy. He's like, "Hey, yeah, you like stop me, come and do something about it." The dude just like tackled him real easy, and <laughs> the guy became the guy became famous for getting tackled and. And looking like a total jabroni in public. But yeah, then he like tried to use his 15 minutes of fame uh, to get a celebrity boxing fight. And then the boxing show happened and he was advertised for it as the main event throughout the entire night, throughout the whole show and everything. And then pretty much like right as the main event was supposed to start, they announced that he wasn't even there. And <laughs> and he was and he was like on social media talking all this shit about like cutting heel promos basically online about how he worked the whole, how he worked all of us. And it was like, it was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life, especially (laughs) the the most pathetic thing though about it is that I sat there and I watched this whole celebrity boxing show in anticipation of seeing bagel boss fight. Yep. So what's that really say about me at the end of the day? But, 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 but I, uh, but yeah, uh, celebrity boxing is awesome. Freak show fights are awesome, and um, I don't care if you disagree with that. I think I, I have I have been thoroughly entertained by all of the shenanigans this year. So uh, when everything gets back to normal, we're gonna have like a summer tour. Where we're just gonna like the fight talk podcast, like traveling circus fights. That'd be sick as fuck, dude. I, it, like we would be literally no, make no money because we would be like we have to buy tickets. This shit's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Shout out Inner Silva one more time because we just love to see the legend getting a win. Uh, I'm all about it, man. More boxing out of the so more fighting. Let's go. Uh, also, we had a pretty pretty exciting fight night card. There were some uh, we fights we both agreed kind of snuck up and uh, without a doubt our fight of the night we, we kind of nailed that but uh let's kick it off with the with main event top man korean zombie getting the, the unanimous decision win over dan ige 48 47 and then 49 46 times two uh from my vantage point just the dominant win uh by, by chan soon young man and a in a good fight a good performance in a dan ige but it's korean zombie yeah, yeah, Zombie looked really good. Ige looked good, too. I mean, Ige is a really, really good fighter. He's super tough. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. be fine. Uh, it's just the featherweight division. I talk about it almost every week. But, like, my favorite top 15 in all of the UFC is the featherweight division. It is super stacked. And most of the big, like, the big kind of players in the division right now, most of them are, like, knockout artists and, like, really good stand-up fighters who are, you know, all of them are, well, are well-rounded, but, like, it's a lot of guys who can really, you know, knock you out and, and really throw down like really exciting fighters. And Dan Ige is in that group as well. It's just Chan Sun Jung is just still, he's just a little bit better. Like he, his, you know, pretty much anytime Ige tried to do anything, Zombie was able to respond with, you know, multiple strikes back. 
uh, Zombie was the one controlling the octagon for most of the fight, uh, mm-hmm. really pushing the action. Uh, he was able to get some takedowns also. Like, his wrestling was better than Ige's. Um, you know, so I think when I watched it live, I want to say I had it... I know I had Zombie winning the first three rounds, and I remember that because I remember thinking going into the fourth, like, Ige had to finish the fight at that point, in my opinion. Yep. Although the, the, I think it was the second round was like kind of debatable, but then Ige wound up winning. He won, I think he won the fourth round and he might have won the fifth round. Um, the fifth round was close. And the reason some of this was so hard to judge too was like, there were certain points where Ige was in control, but then like with, you know, maybe like a minute left in the round, Zombie would like, control him on the ground for the whole time and like work for submissions and stuff. So a lot of the time, even though, even though Ige would have some success, zombie would like do just enough by the end of the round that it was like, you still had to give the round to zombie. So like it was, it was a really good fight. Like I said, when I watched it live, I think I had, I think I had Ige winning two rounds in zombie winning three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would have been 48, 47 probably for me, but 49, 46, I, I totally understand as well. So like, um, so yeah, this is a good fight and, and the options now, cause we got zombie who is sitting at, I think four in the division. Let me just double check. Yep. He's a number four. So ahead of him, you have the yeah, Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Max Holloway and the champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky and Ortega are going to fight each other for the title. They're coaching uh tough right now. Yeah. Year's supposed to come back soon. Um, but I don't know what's up with it. Like it, it's been, it, we haven't seen him since the zombie win, which was like the coolest knockout in history. But yeah, yeah, and that's oh. been a deep. What was that? He that uh, that was back in 2018, and then the Jeremy Stevens stuff. Um, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot. But you're right. Stevens. I mean, the last time we saw Yair in the cage, October of 2019. That's right. I forgot that that was, didn't he had the no contest with Stevens yep. and then yep. he beat him when they rematched? He beat him in the rematch, a fight of the night. Uh, that was September, the first fight. Accidental eye poke, as mentioned, October, the rematch. Hasn't fought the, before that, yeah, was the, uh, the, like you said, just the sick ass fight of the night, performance of the night. They got all the money uh, back in November of 2018. Yeah. So I would say, ooh, I, I mean, then the other thing, too, is, like, Max Holloway has done enough to, mm-hmm. like, be in the discussion to get another title shot also already. Um, and then you got Calvin Cater, who, like, I really want to see Cater versus Jung. Because I've talked about how I, I, I call Calvin Cater the American zombie, and I, you know, obviously, Chance on Jung is the Korean zombie. Both Both of them very similar in style. Both of them get beat up in fights, but like win, like they're just tough as hell and they have this crazy knockout power. And like, so I would love to see Cater and Jung next, but I also, I mean, it just depends on the timeline for everyone. Cause like zombie and Holloway would be awesome. Cause we never had that either. And that's basically a number one contender fight. Um, but then Yair has to, yeah, he's already beaten Cater. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Josh Emmett's going to look when he comes back, but, like, he's an absolute beast, but he's going to be coming off of, like, you know, long-term injury. Um, There's a lot of great options, though. I, w- I would say... Honestly, I would say do Yair and Holloway for number one contender and do Cater and Jung. And then basically the winner of that fight is like either one fight away from a title shot or maybe is the next title shot, uh, depending on, you know, how the cards kind of fall. But that is, a, I mean, that is such a stacked division. I mean, that is, those are all awesome fights. And then Dan Ige was number eight going into this and he'll be, he'll wind up fighting. I mean, I think he's already fought Edson Barbosa. I think he lost to him, but I mean, you have, a lot of great options there too. You got guys like Bryce Mitchell, who's like one of my favorite guys to watch. Um, Ige, Ige has a win over Barbosa, but uh, lost back uh, last year actually. So 2020, we saw Dan Ige three times. He went two and one, beating Barbosa, losing to Cater, 
Uh, and then before the loss this weekend, a, a knockout over Gavin Tucker. Okay. So, so I mean, so you guys still in like a really, really good spot. I mean, and then like, I don't know if Arnold, Arnold Allen set up for anybody coming up, but like he's been looking real good. He's right number seven. So, I mean, there's even like Bruce Leroy and Danny Gay, I think could be interesting. Oh, that's. A bang, like a sleeper banger, no one's thinking about. Yeah, that that one might be good because because Caceres now is at number fifteen in the division, and Ige will probably <coughs> probably hold his number eight spot. Um, considering, I mean, he lost to number four, and it was still a good fight. Um, so yeah, good main, really good main event, and uh, Korean Zombie put himself in a, you know, he continues to stay in a great position. And if I had to pick, you know, if I had to pick a list of my top ten favorite fighters of all time. Uh, two of those names were on this card. Uh, I have Korean Zombie and Matt Brown would both be oh, would yeah. both be in my top ten all time favorite fighters ever. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of those guys. So like uh, it was great to see Zombie get this win. I, I, I and I really respect him too. Like the whole military leave. Like he you know that was four years of his prime. Mm-hmm. That you know, um, but like he did what he needed to for his country and everything. I mean he's just. He's a he's a I think he's a great representative for MMA and he's a really really exciting fighter to watch um and really represents I mean he's probably the I mean at least in the modern era I can't think of another Asian fighter who's done and meant more and been more popular for the UFC than him like you know what I mean like like Roy Le Zhong you know out of China you know but like. You know no, what I'm I, saying? I do. Like, I see what you're saying. It felt like, especially after that Fourier fight that I try to get, I get in as much as I can. Uh, it really felt like oh, just what you're saying. It almost like, because that was to the tail end of like, he, he was getting close. He fought Fourier in that crazy awesome fight. Then he loses to Aldo for the title and then he loses him. But it really felt like people went back and kind of watched some, you know, talked more about those wins, like the winner Garcia win, the knockout of a Mark Hominick. But I do know what you mean. Like that Poirier fight, even though, because if you'd have quizzed me, like, hey, you know, how long after the Poirier fight did he leave, or like, did he, you know, leave the UFC? I'd have been like, I don't know, a couple of years, which I guess was right, but it like it feels like there were more fights after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or I mean, fight of the year. Yeah, always. Yeah, always has like always has memorable fights, and and he's just he's just like a. He's like an attraction almost like because like, yeah, he do, yeah, he doesn't fight that often. But like you're guaranteed a good fight and he's always either the main event or like really high up the card on a pay-per-view or something. So it's like and he has, I mean, the, the iconic walkout with the cranberries and all that stuff. I mean, like he's I mean, he even like his his branding and merchandise and stuff looks badass. Like, I mean, the, it's he's like the full package. Like Korean Zombie is like uh, that is a MMA yeah that's about as good as it gets for like if you're a fan of MMA I don't know how you couldn't be a fan of Korean Zombie I'll just put it that way yeah easy to root for he's exciting as it gets before uh, this last two the win over Ige and then the, the loss to T City four fights in a row that he was either performance of the night or fight of the night so you know you're always gonna get uh, just fireworks out of Zombie man I, I think you said that best. Uh, he, yeah, great representative for the sport, just great person, great, very easy to root for. And on top of all that, super entertaining. You cannot have asked for anything more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huge shout yeah. out to TKZ. Yeah, big, big time main event. Well, let's jump around a little bit. You you mentioned uh, another favorite fighter of you, of me, of, of just a beloved fighter in the uh, MMA community. Yeah, I guess I, I would, would go as far as say Matt Brown, the immortal. We know his story. We know how exciting he is as well. I mean, always guaranteed to put in fireworks. Does it again. Gets the second round knockout performance of the night bonus over Diego Lima. Matt Brown's back, man. I mean, the two losses in a row before this, uh, we both said he'd be great to see him get a win. He got a win. And we the most Matt Brown possible way, bro, just put you down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Matt Brown, like I said, one of my favorite fighters ever. He uh he was getting his leg chopped pretty bad by Lima uh, up until the point of the knockout. Like Lima was having a lot of success with the leg kick, which is something, you know, the leg kick's been something that's been used obviously like forever in MMA, but like I feel like we're really seeing it be yes. way more effective lately. And Lima was doing a really good job with that. And Matt Brown, 
was really smart. Like the way he set up the knockout, he basically went to the body earlier in the round and hurt Lima. You can just tell by the way Lima uh, reacted to it. it. He didn't like the way that that felt. And a little later on in the round, Matt Brown went to, he did the motion, the same motion like he did when he threw the body shot, except mm-hmm. he went overhand with overhand. the right mm-hmm. and boom, that was yeah. lights out. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was great to see. I, 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 it's wild too. Cause like Matt Brown is teetered with uh retirement for the last few years. Like he announced his retirement a handful of years ago and then just like wound up just, he just kept fighting instead. Like, but he looks like a guy who can still go out there. And I mean, he, Diego Lima is a, a good fighter. I mean, I, I think Matt Brown still has a lot to, to, you know, to show as a fighter. But, you know, if you reti- if you want to retire too, I think he, you know, even though he never won the UFC title and I don't think he never even challenged for the title, but he was in some number one contender fights. But I mean, Considering his longevity and all the names he was in the octagon with, and how exciting he was, like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like he's got to be a UFC Hall of Famer, even if he was to retire right now. Um, and and yeah, I just I just want to keep appreciating Matt Brown while we can, like because I know it's not going to last forever, but like it's still a whole lot of fun watching him go out and do his thing right now. And yeah, he had a great knockout over Diego Lima on Saturday. He's so ingrained to your point about him being a Hall of Famer. Uh, tough, con- tough competitor. Uh, Ultimate Fighter season seven. He was on Team Forest against Team Rampage. I think that's a a really exciting season. We remember for Matt Riddle for some of us, for CD Dalloway, for like Deep Cut Mike Dolce Dolce Diet. That's still a thing. I don't know. Uh, but like all these names, man. Of course, Amir Sadala, one of the Biggest surprise winner. So I think that's just a season, Tim Crudeur, that Jesse Taylor's man, like this whole season just sticks out to me looking at it on paper. And he gets the benefit of again, kind of the full package, right? Someone he's a he's a character in his own right. He's an exciting fighter. And he happens to be on this season that you're always like fans of the ultimate fighter are always gonna go, Oh yeah, like I remember all this crazy shit that happened that season. Yeah, and Matt Brown was like he was like the weird, quiet guy in the house. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, standing there, kind of staring at everybody. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like, I remember he, um, he basically like, he just kind of like kept to himself. Then anytime they'd interview him, he'd be like, just like, I'm not here to make friends. Like, I'm like literally just, I'm focused on just winning a, I'm <laughs> just winning this contract. Like this he had. Contract. Yeah, he had no interest in, like, being a reality star or, like, any of this stuff. He just wanted to get into the UFC. That's all he cared about. Um, and I respected it. And, you know, he's just a guy who just demanded the respect over the years. I mean, like, you like it's just another one of those guys when you watch his fights and the guys he fought against, win or lose. I mean, because he won a lot of those big fights, too. But, you know, it's just like... It's similar to a guy like Korean Zombie. I just don't know how you can be an MMA fan and like not be a Matt Brown fan. Like he just, you know, I'm not saying he has to be everyone's favorite fighter, but like that's respect. you. You're guaranteed. Yeah, you're guaranteed. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect the career and the fact that he's still out there knocking people out because he's got to be in his forties now. Also, he is exactly. Yeah, he is forty. He turned forty this past January. So I mean, like, but back. Not that long ago, back like 10 years or so ago, when Randy Couture made his return, it was like unheard of for a guy his age to like. And now it's mm-hmm. like we got a good amount of guys in their 40s who are still like they can really go. And Matt Brown's one of them. So, I mean, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. But yeah, I, I yeah, great, great knockout. I was I, I was definitely marking out at home watching that. 40 years old. This was his 41st professional fight. Uh, again, performance and night bonus, so a nice uh, little chunk of change to take home to the family. Uh, I'll be, man, could, could have said it better myself. Shout out Matt Brown. Awesome fight. Uh, let's jump back up to the uh, the co-main, the heavyweight division. We got into last week talking about the, the you know, what was what was going to happen? Was Alexia Olenek going to be able to do what he does? Was the, the young cat, was Sergey Spivak going to get the dub? Uh, it was the latter unanimous decision win, though. I thought we were going to see a, fin- a finish in some fashion. We did not. 29-28 across the board. Uh, again, the, the loss for Alexei Olenek, but for the uh, the 26-year-old 
Sergey Spivak, 13 and 2 record now, three wins in a row since the loss of Tibera back uh, back in February of 2020. Yeah, and that's I mean, it, one of those things like the fight was pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely had it for Spivak. I I think that oh, like Olenek. He's just is just kind of one dimensional. Unfortunately, it's just you know pretty much every position they got in on the ground or even standing for a lot of the time, he's just kind of constantly going for the Ezekiel choke, which is <laughs> which which is like it's cool because like he's landed it you know a bunch of times throughout his career, like actually done it. But like it's just not always going to work every fight, and at a certain point you got to start going for something different. But you know, Spivak, he's just younger. I mean, they, Olenek's cardio is still really good, um, yeah. especially for his age and the fact that he has, like, 70-something fights. Dude, um, yeah, 43. This was his 76th professional fight. It's, I mean, that's unreal. Um, but I think his debut was, like, 96, I remember seeing. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, Spivak, I mean, just, just younger. I mean, just younger and just a little more... I'd say well-rounded because like there were positions where Spivak would like get him on the ground and be able to kind of control Olenek and Olenek's just kind of going for the head over and over. But like Spivak would be, you know, landing good shots to the body and going to the head and stuff. And like, I mean, so, I mean, it was, it was a good, it was a good win for Spivak. You know, that's really all I can say. Like Olenek just a little too one-dimensional and i mean he's he's old yeah. and he's had a ton of fights but he's still fun to watch like i'll definitely watch alexi olenek continue to fight if he wants to keep fighting but you know spivik just on just you know he's just a lot of just age and just just having a better game plan the polar bear sergey's nickname again 26 years old fresh 26 year he had a birthday this year so a lot of room to grow like you're saying uh in there with someone that was really looking a little more focused on that. Uh, I think, you know, the polar bear is going to learn something. It's a good win for him. Um, 13 and two, man, at that age, like by the time he's 30, he keeps kind of growing. Like this kid's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see kind of where he goes from here. Cause mm-hmm. I wonder at heavyweight kind of who he could maybe match up with next. Again, his only losses, uh, Marcin Tavira and Walt Harris. That's that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and Walt Harris is at number 11 right now in the division. And he's lost his last, like, three or so, three or four or something like that, Harris. Um, I mean, maybe you're on that back from... I mean, Olenek was ranked number 15 going into the fight, so Spivak will be... He should be ranked at least number 15. So he'll be, you know, ranked now. Um mm-hmm. Which is a big deal. I mean, because at the heavyweight division, there's there's some big names on the way up, but like that's the kind of division where you get like one or two big knockouts that everybody remembers. Like you could get a title shot. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd really match him up against anybody that's ranked really above him between ten and fifteen. Like, um, you know, Tybur is at number eight. Um, you know, so maybe he'll work his way maybe back to a rematch with him at some point. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, at least he's in the top 15 now. So, that, yeah, big win for him there. Yeah, big win in a co main event on ESPN2. Again, uh, you know, being, you know, 31 now, like to say five years ago kind of feels like a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah, that he's, he's doing this again at that age. Super impressed. Can't wait to see this next one. It feels like this next fight they could. Like you're saying, maybe look, uh, uh, maybe something a little too big for him to, to chew off, just to kind of see a little more measuring stick might be the move with uh, with where he's at. But I also be shocked that they're building a little bit again, as young as he is, maybe build the rest of this year and give him that big one next year. So uh, just something to keep an eye out uh, on this young talent. Uh, great win. Great fight talking about now, man. This is a fight of the night. We were both uh, excited, had this one highlighted. Uh, Marlon Vera getting the unanimous decision win over Davey Grant, going 29-28, 29-27, and 30-26. So each of the judges gave it to Marlon Vera from varying levels of dominant domination. Uh, great fight, man. Again, fight of the night, 50K to both fighters. It's what we wanted, uh, just a hell of a fight, uh, and, a, and a good stage, again, on, on the ESPN network. 
Yeah, yeah, this was an awesome fight. Um, this was the one where you know, the quote unquote people's main event where nailed it. Yeah, like you know, don't pick the main event. What's the main fight that you're most looking forward to? On paper, for me, I mean, I had the bias of Matt Brown and Diego Lima, but like on on paper, what I thought was going to be the best actual fight was Marlon Vera and Davy Grant, and I you know I was right about that. I was incorrect in my prediction of Davy Grant to win, but I mean, this was a damn good fight. I definitely agree that Marlon Vera won it. Um, I think that he won. I think I Vera probably won all the rounds, but it was like it was close though. Uh, a few of them. I mean, it was like, but but I I do remember thinking like kind of round by round that I thought Vera had won all three rounds. Um, but yeah, awesome fight. I mean, in in Vera, you know, a lot of people obviously know him for you know defeating mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley, and he's gonna really put himself in a good spot coming off of that fight because. He is now, he was number 15 going into that one. Um, who, um, I don't think Grant was ranked. Um, but a fucking fun fighter to watch. Um, I wonder where Vera goes from here. I mean, he'll continue to fight guys ranked ahead of him. Maybe like Jim Rivera or something like that. If he doesn't have a fight lined up, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, good options. I mean... Once again, Bantamweight, Bantamweight's similar to Featherweight, where, I mean, it's just a stacked top 15. Yeah, there's so, so many good fights to make. So, yeah, but yeah, huge huge win for uh, for Marlon Vera. And is his only loss the one before? Uh, he had the Jose Aldo loss and Song mm-hmm. Yadong. Outside of that, uh, since uh, 2018, he hasn't lost. So, yeah. Marlon Vera, really, really fun fighter to watch. Same with Davey Grant. Like, I'm looking forward to his next fight, too. Like, he'll He's not. He's definitely not in any danger of like losing his job with the UFC. If anything, his stock rose during this loss, and he'll get another uh, probably exciting fight against another exciting fighter next. Yeah, three fight win streak coming into this for Davey, and I think you, yeah, a, a fight of the night, a a loss, but uh, a fight like this, I had a lot of people talking. No stock decrease, if anything, man, uh, to be on a three fight winning streak and lose like this. Maybe you're still riding that wave a little bit. Um, Without a doubt, too, to, to keep an eye on moving forward. The other two fights in this main card, both first-round finishes, man. So, six-fight main card, uh, those top three decisions, and then our opening three, we had, the, of course, the Matt Brown uh, knockout we already talked about in the second round, and then two first-round finishes, one KO, one TKO, uh, middleweight division, Bruno Silva over Wellington Terman with that knockout, and then featherweight fight between Song Wu, Choi, Getting the TKO in the first round over Julian Arosa. Uh, hey, man, you, you can't uh, hate on those first three. You come out of the gate and you get really exciting finishes. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, shout out to Choi. Good one over Arosa. Um, and that was one where I was incorrect with my prediction. I, I had Arosa going into that. I, I think both fighters are exciting. Once again, featherweight division, like, just exactly. that's pretty much the, the theme. It's just exciting fighters. But the one I really want to highlight is Bruno Silva over Wellington Terman because Silva knocked him out and like Silva was in full guard on the ground. Like he was on top in full guard. Like in most situations, the guy on the bottom isn't in that much danger in that position. Like and usually at worst, you have to like can you have to worry about <coughs> the guy on top of you like getting into a better spot, like you know switching to you know from full guard to half guard to maybe get side control to maybe get to full mount i mean whatever we're going for submissions yada yada but like silva just rained down just this vicious ground and pound and knocked out uh Terman cold i mean that was that was super impressive so shout out to bruno silva who i believe i believe this was his ufc debut but one thing i know for sure is he did not have a wikipedia page and i remember I remember choosing him. Yeah, so I say, you know what that means. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so the non-Wikipedia once again is correct on the main card. And you love to see it. One of the best storylines we've had going since the inception. Um, what we, whatever it is we do here uh, <laughs> on a weekly basis. The prelim card, man. We had decisions all over the place. We had a couple TKOs, we had technical submission to open the night, and of course the Rick Glenn knockout, which was all over Twitter. 
um, in the strawweight division, the uh, women's strawweight division, the arm injury, TKO there. So kind of a mixed bag on the prelim card, man, but some really good stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shout out to John Varoba. Um, she, uh, the referee had to stop that one. Mm -hmm. Um, just nasty, uh, nasty arm injury. Um, yeah, Rick Glenn with the knockout over Joaquin Silva. Uh, and that was in only 37 seconds. So just cleaned his clock with punches very early on in the fight. So, uh, so yeah, good stuff. Casey O'Neill with a, uh, a technical sub, rear naked choke in the, the first first fight of the night. And yeah, so good stuff. Some some cool finishes uh, on the prelims and then a uh, really solid, really solid main card. Uh, that was a really good six fight uh, show that they put on. So yeah, good good stuff. And I did the watch along for Fightful for these as well. So anybody who... Yeah, yeah. yeah um, we're not doing them this weekend because the, uh, the main event of Gone and Volkov isn't don't know how much interest there's going to be in a watch along for that. And on top of that, there's going to be AEW on Saturday. So there's going to be other stuff going on on Fightful. But most weekends, um, y'all can catch me on there for um, on uh, the Fightful YouTube channel doing watch alongs for the UFC shows. We'll be doing all the pay-per-views for sure. And then most of the fight nights. But like I said, this week we'll be off. Um, but make sure to check that out. Check out Fightful MMA on YouTube and on uh, on Twitter, and uh, obviously Fightful, the the main channel there on YouTube. So, um, so yeah, just uh, I had a good time watching the show with uh, with Doug on uh, on Saturday. We did the co-main and the main on there live, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and shift gears into a little bit of preview action this Saturday. Two twenty-six from the Apex there in Enterprise, Nevada. We've got UFC Fight Night one ninety slash UFC on ESPN plus forty-eight. Uh, of course, main event heavyweight fight: Cyril Gone, Alexander Volkov, Ovid St. Cruz on this card. Touchy Feely's over here. Um, Tim Dirty Bird means on the prelims. So, oh, Yancey Darius. I mean, there's some there's some exciting stuff, man, on this one. That uh, again, it's all ESPN plus. Um, the last fight night, the last anything before uh, UFC 264, Poirier McGregor, uh, which is just a few weeks away at this point. That'll be here before we know it. Uh, but let's end this. Yeah, the, the main event talk, man. Uh, Surreal gone, Alexander Volkov. We, we've talked about Volkov before, his championship history. Uh, and then Surreal gone, really kind of making that name uh, over you know, through the pandemic and then over this last, you know, this last year, uh, though he moves to 8 0. Uh, early earlier uh, February to be exact, 2021, the the win over Rosenstrike. Um, so already been a good year. First real gone. How do you think it goes Saturday night? Well, it's going to be a good fight. Hopefully, uh, the loud landscaping that's going on outside of my place isn't too annoying for anybody else right now. We're just going to push through this uh, to wrap the podcast up. But yeah, sorry y'all. I that is super super fucking annoying. Um, do you hear that, Mose, on your end? A little bit, yeah. A little, okay. Hopefully it isn't too bad um, when I try to drown it out a little bit uh, when I edit this. But, but yeah, um, I, I like this fight a lot. I mean, gone, like, you, you know, coming off back-to-back -back wins now over JDS, Rosenstrike, Volkov coming off back-to-back -back wins over Walt Harris and Overeem. Both guys are looking really good. Volkov, the former Bell, uh, Bellator champ, uh, gone just, I mean, still kind of almost a prospect in MMA. Like, he mm -hmm. hasn't been around very long. Only eight fights, but the eight fights have happened just since 2018. Um, so he's been staying really active. And, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one to call because these, these guys are both primarily strikers. I think Gone is probably the better just, like, technical, like, like his Muay Thai is going to be better. But, like, mm -hmm. Volkov's kickboxing is really, really sharp. And Volkov's ground game is good too. Like that's a little underrated. Like I think his uh his takedown defense is good and he has good takedowns as well. Though the only person he's he hasn't done well with takedown wise was Curtis Blades, but Curtis Blades is of like a, that's mainly primarily what his game is about, is getting people mm -hmm. to the ground. Um so yeah, I don't this is a really hard one to call. I'm going to say Alexander Volkov gets the win just because I think he's just going to be a little more well-rounded and just has more experience in MMA than Gon does. So 
for those reasons, I've taken Alexander Volkov. What about you? Yeah, I'm 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 very excited for the fight. I'm actually going to go gone because of to your you know your highlight your point of eight no. Uh, that's a quick eight no, like you're saying. August 2018 was his first fight, and there's really been some levels to it. His last three, he beats Tanner Bozer in 2019, 2020 he beats JDS. He finishes him in the second round, and then that win over Rosenstrike in February uh, just a few months ago. So I think this makes sense. This is that next level, of course, Volkov. Uh, Big wins. He's, he's really only a lot. I mean, his only losses since joining the UFC, uh, Derek Lewis and the Curse Blades loss you mentioned earlier, two wins in a row, recently beat over him in February. So two uh, two guys, definitely momentum behind him. I, I Give me the kid. Maybe it's a gut thing. I just think gone, you know, able to get the job done uh, and gets a big win in the main event. Um, in the co-main event, we just talked about him a little bit or mentioned it. Tanner Bozer in there against Ovis St. Peru, a very, you know, Ovens, he, if he get, get that submission work going, he's got you. Um, but uh, that's really been the, the bread and butter lately. How do you think? Uh, how do you think this plays out? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because Bozier, I think, is going to mainly want to strike. I think OSP is going to want to strike also, but I think he would have success on the ground if they mm-hmm. got to the ground. Um, OSP, how many heavyweight fights now is this for him? He is is. Only, uh, let's see, his heavyweight debut, 2020, his last fight was a catchweight. Okay. So he went back down to light heavyweight. But mm-hmm. then this this is at heavyweight, so he's going back up. I think he's better off, like, just staying at heavyweight, by the way. Like, don't, like, he's not he's not going to be the, the light heavyweight champion. Like, he just isn't, like, with the people in that division. Like, it's just not going to happen. I don't think he's going to become the heavyweight champion either. But I think he has a much better, like, have much better life at heavyweight because like he doesn't have to cut any weight. He still has knockout power. It's going to translate to heavyweight also. And his ground game is going to be a problem. It's going to be more of a problem for people at heavyweight than it's going to be uh, for people at light heavyweight, most likely just considering the skill sets of who's on top of the divisions you have primarily, you're going to be dealing with mainly strikers at the top of the, uh, the heavyweight division. So as far as a prediction, though, I mean, I think Bozier could knock out OSP, but I, I'm going to go OSP for my pick. I, I This is really, I, he's just, OSP can just be so hit or miss. Like, when he's on, he's great. When he's off, it's just like, he's very knockoutable. Um, I, so I, uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's going to be an exciting fight. Uh, I I like this matchup. I think smart money would be Bozier winning, but I am going to take OSP just because I just think he has a more well-rounded game. And I, similar to my pick with Volkov, I just think that's going to be kind of the key for, for him. Yeah, I, I'm actually with you. Bozier, or back-to-back losses, uh, Olofsky, then a split decision to Latifi. Uh, I, I just something again, something I'm feeling OSP gets the job done, gets a big win, gets a win. He kind of needs the Jamal Hill loss uh, before that, the knockout of Alonzo Mayfield. So up, down, up, down, uh, hopefully a good up for OSP. Um, anything else you really want to point out on the, on this main card? And then uh, um, and I guess we'll kind of get out of here. Man. Yeah, I'll um, let's say for the sake of some picks, I'll say let's do it. Kennedy and not even gonna attempt that guy's last name. Um, <laughs> he um he's from Nigeria. I know of him because I know he fought Paul Craig. He lost to Craig, but like I remember that fight. Um, and it looks like on his record since then he's won his last two. Um, okay. so yeah, we'll see. Nigeria is obviously a, a real hot spot right now for for um like the MMA scene. Like I mean, you have. Guys with that with that background, uh, such as of course you know Kamar Usman, and you have mm-hmm. um, Israel Adesanya's heritage, and because um, I think he actually was he originally Nigerian, then grew up and mainly mainly I know he lives in New Zealand currently, but I know his, I know at the very least like his history is Nigerian, um, and then you have um, is Aljamain Sterling as well? Like, there's there's a, a handful of, like, high, really high-level UFC fighters right now that have, like, Nigerian slash African, you know, descent. And, like, so, you know, I, I can see, like, a lot of potential in that area. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this Kennedy dude, I mean, his record, he's eight and one right now. Once again, his only loss is to Paul Craig. And Paul Craig is an absolute animal. So I'm interested to see, you know, his fight. Um, his his opponent, uh, Danilio Marquez, has a couple UFC fights to his name. Um, he's won his last four in a row, but he has no Wikipedia page. So it Uh-oh. could be a long day for the Nigerian. Um, so... For the sake of picks, I'm gonna go non Wikipedia because that's the brand. That's the move, yeah. Um, Touchy Feely versus Daniel Pineda, that could be a good fight. Um, Feely's coming off the loss to Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell, though, is like one of the most entertaining fighters in the whole sport, in my opinion. I I love watching that kid fight. Uh, Pineda's coming off the loss to Cub Swanson. Uh, Swanson's oh, looked really right. good recently. Yeah. So this will be, I think this will be a good fight between two really hungry fighters. Oh, yeah, girl, um, You know, even though, you know, Feely's been around for over a decade already. Um, and so has Pineda, actually. Touchy Feely's only 30. I feel like we've watched him fight 30 times easily. Yeah. Yeah, both these guys kind of in a similar position. Both both veterans, but both, like, still very exciting guys to watch fight. Um, I'm going to take Pineda as my pick, though. I think he's a little more consistent. He's just a little more consistent. Um, so I'm going to go with him. And then Hanada Moicano and Jay Hibbert, or sorry, Jay Herbert. I don't know anything about Herbert. Uh, once again, a non-Wikipedia, but I will not be going against uh, Moicano. <laughs> um, now, Moicano, he has lost three of his last four. Yeah. Um, but the losses are to Jose Aldo, Korean Zombie, and... Uh, Fizev, Fizev and Fizev is like an animal like that's the like he knocked out Moicano in the first round like he, he's like he's one of those guys that people think could be kind of like a Chimeyov type guy like just rise through the ranks super fast because of the way he's able to knock people out like, so but but I but I I gotta go with Moicano like he just and his only other loss, by the way, that I didn't mention is to Brian Ortega. I mean, he's literally only lost to the best of the best, and like once again, the the up and comer. So, I mean, I just I can't go with the non Wikipedia on this one. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go Moicano. And then uh, on the on the prelims, I'll definitely point out. Um, you know, means with, Dolby too. That's, yeah, it's a, a banger. Yeah, means and Dolby for sure. I'm a fan of both those guys. Uh, Dolby's tough as hell. Like, yes. I mean, I remember when he, like, he, he was losing in the UFC and he got cut, and then he went off to Cage Warriors and like resurged his career, and he hasn't lost in the UFC since. Like, he's, um, he had the loss to what was a loss to Jesse Renton, but then, or sorry, Jesse Ronson, and then Jesse Ronson uh, tested positive, but. Like, technically speaking, Nicholas Dalby hasn't lost a fight. He has two no contests in the span, but since 2018, September 2018, hasn't lost. Um, and then on the other side, Tim Means, who's just a super entertaining guy to watch, um, coming off back-to-back wins over Star Poli and Mike Perry. The Mike Perry fight was especially uh, entertaining, and Mike Perry missed weight in that one. Uh, but... Yeah, that's a good, that's a real good fight. Um, yeah, I got to go Dirty Bird in that one as well. I like Dolby a lot. He seems like a really good guy. Both these guys seem like good guys. Every time I see them doing interviews and stuff, it makes me even more of a fan mm-hmm. um, of both. Um, but yeah, I like that fight a lot, but I'm going to go Dirty Bird. And um, yeah, Yancy Medeiros and Gazimir yes. Um He's coming off a loss to Moicano. Daros is coming off of three losses, but to Cowboy, Gregor Gillespie, and Lana Venata. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a death row of fighters. Um, oh, oh. Man. I, I'm going to go with Medeiros to get back in the win column here. Same. And then, uh, how's Charles Rosa done in his last few? He's been really hit or miss. He's a good fighter. He's got a really good wrestling background. I like Charles Rosa a lot. And uh, his opponent, Justin James, has lost his last three in a row. Um, so this could be a, a way of getting Rosa, hopefully, a, a win there um, for the sake of Rosa's career. Because he was a real prospect, I remember, in, like, when he, he came into the company in 2014. 
And I remember like thinking he had the potential to be a champion back then. And he literally, his, his record since entering the UFC is literally lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. So if we're going by, by pattern, yes. yeah. this is a win tonight or on Saturday. So, um, so I'm going to go with Rosa there. So those are the fights that I would, uh, I would highlight. Yeah, uh, you had me on the math on that one. I'm with you on Rosa. I'm with you, I'm with you on Yancey, too. I think he gets a very good win, man. This is a sleepy good card. Again, uh, Prelim and Main Card both are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. feel like we're going to get some real exciting stuff here. Um, that's it, man. We're going to be back next week, though. So there isn't a UFC card, actually, the week after um, or the week of uh, 4th of July. So um, we may end up doing something kind of fun um, along with reviewing this card. And then uh, the next card we're going to dive into, man, is, is Poirier McGregor and Wonderboy and Gilbert Burns. And Rick Hardy's on this card. Sugar Sean's fighting. Carlos Condit, man. It's just, this is going to be one, like, we could probably do an entire show just on this. Even the early prelims have some bangers. So um, that's July 10th. But uh, at least for the time being, man, uh, we, we've talked some fights. Yes, we have. And also, just really quickly, because I'm just not realizing it, for this weekend's show, they might be adding Worley Alves versus Jeremiah Wells and Tim Elliott versus Sue Mataraji. Worley Alves has looked like an animal uh, Mm -hmm. in some of his fights. And Tim Elliott, yeah, former title challenger against Mighty Mouse, almost almost had him in that guillotine, according to a lot of people. So, so, yeah, I just want to throw that out there, too. But, yeah, we have a we have definitely tossed some fights today, man. Thanks again for uh, for uh, taking us through the show, man. No, always a pleasure. I look forward to this. I love talking um, all this. And like we're saying, there's been so much uh, fun stuff in the boxing world. And just uh, we're really getting in that meat of the, of the year. Some really banging uh, UFC shows. So it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate everybody. Anyone follow me on Twitter at most KOBK. I would certainly appreciate it. Yes, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at FightTalk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. If you want to watch some independent pro wrestling, check out IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv. Use code FightTalk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. I think they're, they're, not, they're still not doing any uh, free time with that, are they? I, I don't think they brought that back. I don't think back. they are. No, it's not the um, But if you use that code, you still help support <coughs> myself and those and the whole show and everything, so... Um, so please, you know, still use that code fight talk. It does help us out a lot. And the service is only $9.99 a month. And I promise you, if you're a fan of pro wrestling between the, you know, the thousands of shows they have on there, I promise you, you'll find something you like that's worth your 10 bucks. Um, and once again, to use code fight talk, that helps us out a ton. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, everything else I have going on. I mean, fightful, you can check out the fightful flight, we get our podcast, all that stuff. That's every Sunday. Um, and everything else I got going on. And once again, shout out to Fight TV for hooking it up with the promo codes lately on uh, a lot of these boxing shows yeah. and stuff. Um, and shout out, of course, to Fight for uh, Fight TV and to IWTV. Um, happy to be kind of affiliated in some way, shape, or form with kind of both sides there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really cool how they how much support we've been getting kind of from the community lately and all that stuff. So um, very much appreciated to everybody involved there. Um. I'm trying to think. I mean, everything else I have, once again, I'll just plug on, on Twitter at Fightalk underscore. Um, so, yeah, anything else before we uh, we get? Oh, actually, you know what? Let me give a shout out real quick to Music City Toys and Collectibles. Yeah. Um, Music City Toys, place to be, action figures, memorabilia, collectibles, anything you can think of. Um, they are awesome. They have good prices. They are nice people. You can buy stuff from them off Facebook. You can go to their retail location at 101 West Main Street in Waterton, Tennessee. W-A-T-E-R-T-O-W-N, Waterton, Tennessee. I'm still not sure if that's Waterton or Watertown, but either way, um, check it out. The store is awesome. I've been there in person. It's it's If you're anywhere close, I would highly recommend checking it out if you're a collector of any kind. And uh, make sure to follow them on all social media at Music City Toys. Their new website also is musiccitytoys.biz. Um, also, shout out to Brian Jensen, my brother. Follow him on Instagram at uh, BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Uh, his partner, Christian Steele, who they own a, they own a gym together here in Atlanta, Georgia, a uh, boxing gym. His, his partner, they're co-owners of this gym. 
uh, Christian is a former pro boxer who just got back into the ring uh, this past Saturday after like years off. He did a, it was like a, I think it was technically an exhibition fight. Um, but he like smoked some dude uh, apparently this weekend. So shout out to uh, Steel Boxing and Athletics. Check them out. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape. Uh, really anything, or even if you have like neurological issue, like um, MS or Parkinson's, uh, dystonia, anything like that. Uh, my brother's certified to help people of all uh, abilities, all backgrounds, all ages, all genders. It doesn't matter. Like he is certified in a whole bunch of different things. And he can help you once again, everything from just like wanting to compete at like in boxing, kickboxing, MMA, like at a professional or amateur level, he can help, he can help you with that. If you want to just learn how to, you know, self-defense, he can help you with that. If you want to lose weight, he can help you with that. But once again, if you're looking for maybe some more mobility or dexterity, you have any kind of neurological issue, he's 100% certified for that stuff as well. So hit him up once again at Boxing ATL on Instagram. Um, but yeah, that that that's it for me. Anything else from you before we sign off, Mose? For Anderson Silva. Yes, absolutely. Um, so for jumping Johnny Mosley, I've been Steven Jensen. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. We'll be back next week talking some mixed martial arts.